If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Could they be making a title challenge? The words of Manchester United and under the radar do not go together. Don't try. You can't have this. I'm not yeah, allowed to have this. How, how many people? No. Hello and welcome back to Off The Crossbar Podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and as ever, my co-presenter, Brad Morris. How are you on this Monday afternoon, Brad? Good Monday, innit? Yeah. <laughs> Most depressing day of the year. Apparently, though, it's, I mean, been a bad day so far. I mean, there's a lot happened in the football world, which we'll get on to talk about this past weekend. So it's definitely not a blue Monday for us. We have plenty to talk about. Uh, we've had eight fixtures in the Premier League. Um, we are recording this before Arsenal take on Newcastle this evening and before any of the action during midweek, obviously. So the weekend got underway in the West Midlands as Wolverhampton Wanderers played West Bromwich Albion at uh, the Molyneux. And it was Sam Allardyce's side that went on to win 3-2 with Mateus Pereira scoring Two penalties, uh, Shemi Ajayi scoring the other goal for West Brom and then Willy Bolly and Fabio Silva scoring for Nuno Espirito Santos. Side. What were your thoughts on that? I call this the Robert Snodgrass effect. Yeah, I fully understand See, where you're going with this. Sam, he's the, the best English manager of them all, isn't he? I mean, it's a bit much saying he's the best English manager. Oh no, obviously he is. We all know who it really is. Dean Smith. We have to mm, give him credit this season. Thank you. Very much. Thank you very <laughs> <much>. <laughs> yes, well, um, good game for West Brom to finally get a win, especially against our rivals. I mean, just recounting the game now, um, first penalty that they won, it was a stupid foul by Willie Bolly. Could we say that it was a free kicker? Yeah, that's what I, I remember. It looks more on back the line, it, mm, I don't know what the role is if it's on the line. Yeah, I think it's one where did the players foul, like where did the players initially make the contact and I think that's because it happened in the box and he might have felt like on the line, that's why it was given as a penalty rather than as a free kick. Well, obviously it went to VAR and they decided that it was enough for a penalty rather than a free kick. Pereira coolly dispatched of it. Um, Then just before half-time, Fabio Silva scored a goal. Good goal for the youngster, finally getting on the score sheet for Wolves. And then a few minutes later, Willie Bolly made up for redemption, uh, getting on the score sheet himself. I've got to say, West Brom's defence for those two goals, though, was really poor. Yeah, shoddy. Uh, yeah, and then, yeah, really easily. And then uh, Shemi Ajayi scored just after the break for uh, Sam Allardyce's side again. Defending-wise, not really the best. 
uh, by Wolverhampton Wanderers. And then four minutes later, Mateus Pereira had another penalty. Uh, kind of Cody, what on earth was he doing with that? He really can't. He looks like Robinson goes down in slow motion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he does, it is a slight clip of him. Mm, I mean, for me, there's just. I don't even know what to expect. It was such a silly thing for him to do. Um, but easy conversion again for Pereira, since the keeper the wrong way goes, different way to what he did with his first penalty. And Big Sam leaves Wolverhampton with all three points. What was there? Another moment in this game where Wolves should have had a penalty there. I've been trying to find this everywhere and I can't see it anyway. Even all the highlights, bids have just cut it out. It was... Who was it for? It's the Wolves, it's the handball decision. Not being able to refine it anyway. Um, I haven't seen anything of it myself, actually. No. It's because all the highlights, we just haven't put it in for some reason. Which makes me think, oh, it can't mm. be that bad then. Ooh. Yeah. I can't seem to recant it myself now, thinking back of the game. But yeah, on to the next game of the weekend. West Ham played Burnley. Yeah. Not really, but not much <laughs> happened in that game. Um... I mean, I've got literally got like a sentence or two written down in my notes on that game. It was literally when Goodmanson had he yeah, had he shot early for well. Burnley. The only thing you can is Antonio celebration. Ten out of ten. Poor defence by West Ham. Um, not West Ham by Burnley to try and stop Mikel Antonio. Not really any fight about Burnley in that. And then if you say who was more likely to score again in that game, you'd say West Ham were the more likely out of the two teams rather than Burnley trying to get level at all. Then the following game saw Leeds United welcome Brighton and Hove Albion to Elland Road. Um, Leeds? What no, no, you've done it wrong again. You've done it wrong again. <laughs> I, no, I'm, not, I'm not even going to do that anymore. No, we actually can't. They were poor. <laughs> they were dreadful. I mean, what was Luke Ayling doing when um, Neil Morpay scored? He, he saw it. problems from again. He, he was just sat ball watching and just froze in the middle of the pitch. You're like, come on, surely you don't picking ball. Rule one is you stay on your marker rather than watching the ball because you're all. If you're not watching the person you're meant to be marking, they're obviously going to have a free chance of scoring. No, it's not the Bielsa way. But I mean, I think they could have had three or four goals in that game easily. I think Leeds were just really poor this weekend. Then the second last game on Saturday saw Fulham welcome fellow London team uh, Chelsea to Craven Cottage. Again, not a lot really happened in this game. Um, He's a Anthony... for another week. <laughs> yes. Anthony Robertson got sent off uh, for Fulham just before half-time for a stupid foul on Jesus, <laughs> I mean, there's stupid fouls, and then there's that from Robinson. I don't even know what he was trying to dispute there. He just looked ridiculous, and he was always going to get a red card. Um, Chelsea had chances to score. They did so through Mason Mount 12 minutes from time. It was a good goal from the lad. And then towards the end of the game, counter-attack by uh, Chelsea, and then Timo Werner has a chance, but... He can't score. I mean... The defence of Timo Werner is well and truly out the door now. <laughs> yeah, literally in my notes at the end, I put 
Vern needs and then in capital letters help with two, three exclamation marks because he needs help. I think he needs to be playing Morecambe every week at this rate. They had hoped that he was going to be doing a job where it's turned out that he's been under Thomas. Yeah. It really hasn't worked for him so far at uh, Chelsea. Though there's still half a season left for a lot of, the, well, a lot of teams or just over depending on how many games they have and haven't played. I've got to say, Fulham... I think they're still the most impressive of the bottom four, I think. Yeah. Like, they, they all go almost. I mean, they've got two games in hand over Sheffield United and Brighton. So six points would put them on to 18, where that would go above Brighton in the league table. But they do need to start finding a way to get results. I mean, I don't know if many were expecting them to get anything at Chelsea, but it would have been nice to nick a draw against this Chelsea side in current climate. Yeah, they're, they're clearly missing a goal scorer, which you yeah. would think Alexander Mitrovic would be providing for them, but he doesn't seem to have to do it in the Premier League. Because mm. I mean, that was like his first spell with them when they were in the Premier League. He struggled yeah. in the Premier League and then that next season, he uh, absolutely bossed it in the Championship and then he yeah. just came back to the Premier League with them and he's completely struggled. The final game on Saturday saw Leicester City welcome Ralph Hassan Hootel's Southampton to the King Power Stadium. Talking points in that game, you're going to say Kesper Schmankel really kept Leicester in it because uh, they could have conceded a handful of goals there if it wasn't for some of his saves in that game. Potential, just by devil's advocate, does Danny Ings score those chances? Uh, I think he may have done, but again, it's one of them you can't really tell based on the matter and what his positioning would have been for that. Um, got to say, James Madison's goal was a really good goal for him. Well worked for her finish. Nice to celebration as well. Yes, uh, nice social distance celebration as they're trying to make or limit the spread of COVID, which is stupid. So they're trying to say now the new rule is try not to celebrate in close proximity, yet you can be in close proximity when it comes to like defending corners and free kicks. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And then uh, in stoppage time, Harvey Barnes scored a second goal after a lovely build-up play, uh, counter-attacking football from Leicester for that second goal. But Harvey Barnes, who's having a really good season at Leicester. A bit of news that has came out since that game was Will Smallbone of uh, Southampton has suffered an ACL injury in that game. Southampton have confirmed it within the last uh, few minutes. So... Uh, that looks like it. Uh, well, is his season injury yeah, uh, done? Yeah, about eight to twelve months. Because mm. it's a serious one if he requires surgery. Yeah, if it's anything like Wesley's one, who is still uh, and he's only just like training properly again, it's going to be mm, yeah. a long one. Yeah, well, if you think, I don't know whether you've seen it over the weekend or the last part of last week, Hector Bellerin did his like road to recovery from his. Yeah, I- uh, injury. I, I took one look at the scar and I turned off. I'm quite yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, I fully agreed. But uh, yeah, he, he was out for eight to nine months before he was even back on the pitch. So hopefully, Smallbone can make a full recovery from that. Sunday. The... If, I, if I could just what? add one last thing on Leicester, they're yeah. obviously second now, but does it still feel like they're going under the radar a lot? Quite a bit. The third, not second. In the second? No, they're not. I think I did Man City overtake them. Man City overtook them on uh, okay. goal difference. 
mistake from my uh, heart. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think a lot of teams or a lot of people seem to have written them off at this title challenge. They seem to be thinking it's Man United, Man City and Liverpool. But you can't rule out Leicester City, especially this season. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right, because I'm, I'm the it's not a really a bad thing. I actually prefer it. It's not the same with Villa. Like when people go, Oh, they don't talk about us enough, look how amazing we do. No, but I don't mind that. Yeah. Let us go under the radar and surprise people a bit. It was a bit like United for a while. When they when they started this little run, no one was like talking about oh, could United actually be making a serious top four challenge? Could they be making a title challenge? The words of now... Manchester United and under the radar do not go together. Don't try. You can't have this. I'm not yeah, allowed you to have this. How, how many people? No. If you go back to October the 4th or 6th when they lost 6-1 to Spurs, you wouldn't have thought Man United would be no, top of the you, Premier League. You won't, but you don't go under the radar. You man, you man, you know You're always getting talked about. Yeah, but the running has gone a little. I mean, I think that's now they're unbeaten in their last twelve games in the league. I think oh, it no, is. Oh no, they're still more impressive than Man United. Yeah, oh, good. It's, I have to agree. But the United have been grinding away at the results. We'll get onto that game shortly against Liverpool. Uh, but Sunday started off with Sheffield United welcoming Jose Mourinho's Tottenham to Bramall Lane. Spurs won the game three-one with goals from. Serge Aurier, Harry Kane, and a phenomenal goal from Tangai and Dombele. Dombele. <laughs> I mean, that could win goal of the season, that. It was such yeah. a beautiful goal. He was slightly lucky, I mean, but maybe, but what will happen? Because he does that first initial pass into Berg, or back to Bergwijn, who then loops it over to him, and then he loops it over uh, Aaron Ramsdale in goal for the Blades. I mean, I don't think that goal doesn't seem to be getting... Or the appreciation for it doesn't seem to be happening as much as you would expect. Uh, there was a tiny bit on. Uh, it's because it wasn't done by Mr. Mosala. Yeah. Or Bruno Fernandes. Definitely a good goal. Comfortable win for um, Spurs in the end. Sheffield United really struggling. They're still on course because they've got they've played exactly 19 games now and five points. So if they do the exact same record in the second half of the season, they will break, break Derby County's lowest ever points total in the Premier League with uh, 11 points. So they are on course to get 10 points. Next up was Man United versus Liverpool. Yeah, now, now here's a good example of following the COVID guidelines. Yeah. Both teams just socially distancing if White can reach for the whole game. Not a lot happened in it. Gotta say, Liverpool are really struggling now. I mean, that's three games in a row where they haven't scored in the Premier League. The weird thing, weird thing with this one is that having watched the whole game, they, neither team was bad, if we're defining no. bad. There was just no killer instinct from either of them, which yeah. you would need if you're going to be the title, the title winners. A hundred percent. Liverpool didn't control it as you would have expected them at Anfield. Yeah, for me, looking back at it now, you're gonna say I think United are gonna be the more happier of the two teams with the point there. But speaking on that Liverpool matter, I think they've won maybe two, possibly three of their last nine games in the league. One was the seven weird thing to think about, and I think one was. In and around 
the early part of the Christmas fixture list. So they are really struggling at the minute. Uh, as the other weekend results gone, they are now down in fourth place in the Premier League, which is not something anyone was expecting to say. Four way well. Technically, it's a, five it's a fatal Spurs. No, we're not putting Spurs in this. I'm sorry. But they're only a point behind Liverpool. I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Spurs will do it, honestly. But technically, yes, they are. Uh, final game of the weekend, so, oh, so far, so Manchester City play Crystal Palace. City won 4-0 from a brace from John Stones, uh, Raheem Sterling goal and an Ilkay Gundogan goal. Easy win for City, Palace offered nothing. Was that ruthless enough? What, from City? Yeah, <laughs> we've been saying the ruthlessness has gone all season and then they do this. Oh, yeah. I mean... <sighs> what was in John Stones' coffee? I'd love to know because I mean that first goal easy header for him no marking uh, his second goal the defensive clearance from them I mean Guaita just parries it back into his feet so it's an easy finish from him so gotta say he was a standout performer in that game for Man City a uh, good goal free kick wise from uh, Raheem Sterling and uh, a great strike by Ilkay Gundogan to seal the three points for Pep Guardiola's side Unbeaten in eight, but who are they they play next? Well, they're in the FA Cup next, aren't they? Oh, the next game is this Wednesday. Against your Aston Villa, is it, by any chance? It, it, it would be. Um, I don't know how I feel about this, but <laughs> I'm shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that's all the Premier League stuff wrapped up about. A um, little bit of championship news. Derby County appointed Wayne Rooney as the... Full-time manager, uh, he's obviously since retired from playing football. Great career, great player for Man United and England. Uh, he's the club, he's Man United's all-time top goal scorer and England's all-time top scorer as well. So I think it's going to be a hard job for him yep. how, initially. Say, how lovely, but now let's move him because he starts awfully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, though, don't worry, in 12 months' time, if he doesn't get promotion, he'll get the Chelsea job. You know what I mean? He's going to take Ollie's job. Don't be silly. Not just yet, anyway. Shrek at the um, wheel. <laughs> <laughs> right, over here in uh, Europe, we've had a lot of games, uh, big games. So, obviously, in our predictions league, we had Napoli versus Fiorentina and Inter Milan versus Juventus. So, a quick roundup of the games in Italy this weekend. Lazio beat Roma 3-0 in the Rome derby. Torino and Spezia played out on 0-0 draw and then yesterday Napoli put six past Fiorentina which I don't think anyone was expecting. Uh, Definitely not. Uh, Atalanta and Genova was a 0-0 and then Inter Milan beat Juventus 2-0 with Vidal and Nicola Barella getting the goals for Antonio Conte's side. So with how the results have gone, Juventus are now down in fifth, Roma fourth, Napoli up to third, and then the two Milan clubs occupy the top spot over in Italy. In the Bundesliga, Borussia Dortmund could only manage a 1-1 draw with Mainz. Uh, Wolfsburg drew with RB Leipzig 2-2. Mönchengladbach drew with Stuttgart 2-2. If I could just come back on Mainz, I don't know if you've seen the Levan-Ostenali goal for them. I haven't seen it, actually. I would encourage people to look this up. It's another one to the addition of Bundesliga goal of the season contenders. 
Okay. I'll definitely try and have a look for that. And then yesterday, Bayern Munich beat Freiburg 2-1. Thomas Muller and Robert Lewandowski scored. Um, and then the final game saw Frankfurt beat Schalke 3-1. Uh, Lukijovic getting a brace in his first league start for them since rejoining online from Real Madrid, which means he's now scored as many goals in his return for Frankfurt than he did in his whole entire time at Real Madrid. It's almost as if they were managing him terribly. Yep. And it's like, you better expect him to go on and do well again at Frankfurt. Definitely a loan move there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'll just be intrigued for the summer. I would imagine him to join them back permanently. There was no league action in Spain this weekend, as it was uh, the Spanish Cup on Thursday and Friday, so... Semi-finals on Thursday, no, Tuesday and Wednesday. Was it Tuesday? No. What days oh, were the semi-finals? No. I completely forgot they changed the format of this. can't think. Was it? Was it? Oh, no, yeah, no the CFA Cup. The yeah, it's the semis were Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Barcelona beat Real Sociedad 3-2 on penalties and Athletic Bilbao beat Real Madrid 2-1. And then the final was played yesterday, which uh, Atletico, uh, Athletic Bilbao, sorry, not Atletico, um, beat Barcelona 3-2. Goals from Isa Villarabre, Anarchy Williams and Oscar De Marcos won the trophy for... Uh, athletic club. Griezmann scored a brace for Barcelona, but that wasn't the main talking point for them. Obviously, oh, no, it, was it, Lionel Messi. it was Lionel Messi picking up his first red card for Barcelona as he lashes out and strikes Villalabre off the ball. And after a VAR check, it was shown to be or deemed to be a red card offence. It really is all going wrong for Barcelona. That man has had enough. <laughs> yeah. Literally nothing keeps helping him out anymore. Yeah. Weird, it? If you look at it, the player looks like he's blocking him and he's just adding a fight. Get out of my way. Yeah. Um, the big game over in Holland, which we had on our predictions league, saw Ajax play final, and it was uh, Ajax that won 1-0 thanks to Ryan Gravenberch goal. Uh, Sebastian Halle getting the assist. Again, he's already Halle's... done more than he did at West Ham. I feel like he has done. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely repaying. Yeah, it's almost like these players are being managed terribly. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, good result there for Rex. Speaking on the Predictions League, so we've obviously done our games, the six games. So we had Chelsea versus Fulham. I predicted 2-1, you predicted 1-1. Uh, so that means I get the two points there for getting the Chelsea win. Liverpool, Man United, I predicted 1-0, you predicted 1-1. So you get the two points there for predicting a draw. Sheffield United Spurs, Brad gets the two points uh, for, for predicting a Spurs win. I now feel stupid for predicting a Sheffield United Now you know how it feels. <laughs> yes. Uh, Inter versus Juventus, we were both wrong because uh, Inter Milan won 2-0. Napoli, Fiorentina, again, we were both right with Napoli winning but both wrong with the scoreline so that's two points each and then Feyenoord versus Ajax we both predicted an Ajax win so we were both right there so that leaves you on 42 points and I'm now on 61 heading into our next set of fixtures which will be FA Cup games later on this week which we'll talk about on our preview show out on Friday. Right um, on to the WSL now We've had a full slate of fixtures this week. 
uh, after last week's uh... catastrophe. Um, so it started off at the Academy Stadium in Manchester as Man City beat Aston Villa at 7 0. Uh, Lauren Hemp scored a brace. Georgia Stanway, Jill Scott, Ellen White, and Natalie Haig own goal. And a Chloe Kelly goal uh, wrapped up the point for what is normally Gareth Taylor's side, but he wasn't there uh, as he's self isolating. Easy win for City, 6 0 up at half time. Nothing happened in the second half. The manner, yeah. the, the manner of the result isn't surprising, but for some of the goals I saw, they did let them no, score a little bit. Yeah, I mean... It was the sixth one I saw the most. That she just, our defenders just stood right next to the player who scores it. Uh, Ellen White was the sixth one. Yeah. I had to think. I genuinely had to look up who scored the sixth goal. Because it confused me there. Yeah, comfortable win for... City and they are slowly turning things around and are getting close to the top three now. Okay. I can't say much on the performance, though it wasn't good enough. Mm. You know, we weren't expecting much. But I can go for the equal pay brigade who cunningly came out during this one. Ah, <sighs> for fuck's sake, what did they say now? I don't even want to start on them in ourselves. Yeah, but I know, how things... can, I know how can we go back on that. And that's in the Chelsea Man U game. We'll get onto that in a second, or in a bit. Uh, congratulations to Mona Iwabuchi, who made her first league appearance for Aston Villa, coming on as the second half substitution. And another congratulations to 16-year-old Olivia McLaughlin, who came on for her WSL debut in place of Azmita Arle in the 65th minute. Elsewhere in the WSL, Everton beat Bristol City 4-0. Uh, Isabel Christensen with a brace, Simone McGill and Megan Finnegan with the goals for Willie Kirk's side. Um, easy win again for Everton. I think they were more likely to take the three points there. In what was Matt Beard's first game in charge of Bristol City as manager Tanya Oxby has gone on uh, maternity leave. Brighton played Birmingham in a game that finished 0-0. Brighton were definitely unlucky not to win that. They dominated it in terms of chances and overall possession of the game. But, uh, they couldn't find a way past Hannah Hampton in goal for Birmingham City. Reading played Arsenal at the Majeski Stadium in a game that finished 1-1. Laura, Lauren Bruton scored after five minutes for Reading. And Vivian Miedemar scored for Arsenal just before the break. Um, One of our last goals for the club. <laughs> Maybe. Reading and lucky not to win that. They absolutely dominated Arsenal. Arsenal were woeful. One of their worst performances I've seen this season. Chelsea then played Man United at King's Meadow. Uh, Chelsea won the game 2-1. Penilla, Harder and Fran Kirby with the goals for Chelsea, whilst Lauren James scored for Casey Stoney's side. So that result sees Chelsea uh, overtake Man United to go top of the table on goal difference and have played a game less. Now let's go for the equal pay brigade. <laughs> okay. Because that Lauren James goal was better than the most goals that I've seen in the Bell game. Yeah, it was an absolutely great build-up play between herself and uh, Ella Toon. And then that uh, finish pass on a Katarin Berger was a really good finish. It was the movement um, that got me. <laughs> More than the finish, but the, just a nice move. Yeah, and to think that she's still only 19 years old as well is crazy and hopefully she's got a long future at Manchester United and uh, can go on to make appearances for 
England under Surin the Vigman in the future. And the final game of the weekend saw West Ham play Tottenham, and it was Tottenham that won 1 0 thanks to a Lucy Quinn goal in the 35th minute. West Ham got to feel robbed. They were, you got to say, well, I'll say the better side and had more chances, and they'll feel aggrieved that they didn't score. So, as I said, Chelsea are now top, Man United second, Arsenal in third, and then Bristol City remain bottom. A bit of news coming out today. Uh, um, England manager Phil Neville has left the club, um, not left the club, left the job finally, and is set to over, take over as Inter-Miami coach yeah. on a two-year deal. <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, should sorry, be announced. Sorry, in... we'll have to rise up. Sorry. Yes, yeah, so that should be announced in the next 24 to 48 hours. And Wales manager Jane Ludlow has left uh, the Welsh job with immediate effect as well, which uh, came out as a bit of a surprise, I think, to uh, many. I don't think anyone was expecting her to leave. Uh, she had been linked with the West Ham job before they appointed a manager, but it wouldn't surprise me if she does come into uh, club football very soon with the way stuff are going. That's all the roundup from women's football talk. So it's on to Did You See That Now? Oh, yes, I do not believe what I've just seen. Very interesting. Oh. Something weird is going on. Shit! Did you see that? Uh, so I'll let you start with your one. You want me to start with one? Okay, because have you seen anything this week from Turkish football? Apart from Mesut Ozil about, about to go there, no, no, I haven't. Well, I would encourage you to look up the game between Istanbul and Fasakşehir. Oh, yes, I do know the story now. I have seen And there's the, uh, their game against Sivaspor, where they were playing in the snow. And Sivaspor, cunning little bastards, decided to play in their away kids which just happens to be white. Yes, I, I didn't see any of the action, but I, ha- I have seen a picture of it, and you I mean, genuinely you see can't the see the Sivaspor. They are in stealth mode. <laughs> in this yeah. I mean, that is some of the best camouflage you'll ever see. You genuinely can't see them on the pitch from that photo. Who knew they had invisible powers? Yes. Uh, do you have another story? <laughs> Incredible. I don't have another one, so I'm intrigued by your one. Right. So you remember former Liverpool fullback John Flanagan? I do. Where's he at? So he's been playing his trade over in uh, Belgium with Sporting Charleroi, or Charleroi. I don't know how it's pronounced. You've had sounds that he's you're... pulled a. I forgot the name of that bloke from last week or the week before. Uh, no, uh, Didier Lamkaz. Uh, I think his name was. Um, but no, he hasn't pulled one of them and turned up in the team, the rival team's uh, jersey. But it's a bit of transfer news going around because I didn't know he was still playing. But he's set to join or might sign for th- one of three Polish teams. Uh, so they are Jaglione and Bielstock. Just to sound John Flanagan, I genuinely still believe he's like on the 25. <laughs> like he still uh, feels like a young kid to me. I don't even know how old he is. I think he might be. In his late 20s, is he? Maybe early 30s? 28. Christ. (laughs) Yeah. 
yeah, so he's been linked with Jagliona Bialystok, Gornik Zabra, and Zaglieba Lubin. And I was like, I know it's not really uh, wild, did you see that? But I didn't know we were still playing. So, uh, how far he fell. Yes, and um, another bit of breaking news regarding Polish football. Uh, Polish national team have uh, sacked manager Jerzy Berzczyk uh, as head coach within the last few hours, which is a bit of a surprise that an international male's team manager is being sacked when there's no international men's football happening in the world at the moment. Question, did Poland actually qualify for the Euros? Mm, I don't know what they did. So, uh, give me a second and I'll find you out. <clears throat> yeah, they did. How the fuck did you manage to get that out that quick? I just, I just typed Poland Euro 2020. Oh. So, yeah, that's a surprising one. Yes, because they will be headed in a group with Spain, Sweden and Slovakia is the Polish group. So, it'll be interesting to see who takes over there. Lewandowski right. to take full charge. <laughs> Just playing around with that shit. <laughs> I mean, he, he could easily do that, um, considering how easy it is for the Polish national team. Just find him and he will score. Uh, I don't think there's been any other news, unless I've missed anything. Not that I've seen, no. Mm. Uh, we'll obviously I, have. Uh, I, I forgot to add something when we were talking about Barcelona, because yesterday. I was watching. Have you ever seen Tag the Ball Pass the Ball? I've never heard of it. It's the documentary film on Barcelona from like Pep's years. Mm-hmm. So just Harry's philosophy. It's all the players talking about the star and the taxis and all that. Watch that yesterday. Yeah. And then watch the Super Cup game. <laughs> oh, how the yeah. lights are falling. <laughs> <laughs> But our generation, that Barca team, is what the older lot look at Brazil in the 70s. Yeah, oh, that Barcelona, that tiki-taka Barcelona was always a joy to watch. Yeah. Just, just to see what they've, yeah, where they've gone now. In this documentary, it does like, towards the end, it does spoil us. They all do start saying Xavi will be the next, like, God. The manager for Barcelona because they always said oh, Johan, yeah. Johan Cruyff was Mark 1 Pep was Mark 2 because he was the disciple of Cruyff and Xavi will be Mark 3 because he's the disciple of Pep yeah and I can I, see that and I've <laughs> learned Joan Laporta who was obviously in the presidential candidacy this summer out, I forgot that he mm-hmm. was the president from 2003 to 2010 yeah you know what I had completely forgotten about it as well but he was their president in the glory years Yes. Yeah, that is. If the presidential analysis would have happened, we would have had a president right now. It'd be interesting to see um, what does happen with their candidacy uh, presidency because that is obviously postponed until March. I think we did talk briefly on it the other day on our uh, preview show on Friday. Actually, Joan Laporte was the one who did the poster in the Bernabeu. Majority. Yes. That makes sense there. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so that is obviously all of the uh, football news that we've talked uh, to talk about this week. If, obviously, if we've missed anything, 
we'll talk about it on our preview show looking into the FA Cup week and there's obviously games happening this midweek uh, we're not going to do a prediction for that because it will be pointless but we'll have a look back on them uh, including it's the first time uh, I'm watching my team in what feels like forever it's only been a fortnight hasn't it the first team was generally the man you go oh yeah the first team it's been ages but watching Aston Villa physically play it's only been a fortnight or so it still feels like forever yeah, but the WSL, that was the first time that I was set. watching it. It's something on CBBS, can I just say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but for the WSL, it was a month since they last played, apart from Reading and Chelsea, who played last week. Yeah, that was um, a little torture, though. <laughs> uh, right. So, uh, we'll be back. Li- well, our transfer show will be out later on. I think we were going to have for tomorrow instead. Okay, so our transfer show will be out tomorrow where we'll have, obviously, the latest and the final closing of this agora regarding uh, Mesut Ozil. Yes. Um, Tomori and Mario Mandzukic's latest and any other rumours. So make sure you uh, head over to our YouTube channel where you can find our full episode where we break down all the transfer news. If you believe the current stories, then Team Everton is about to become the fourth choice striker at Chelsea. Oh, yes. But uh, we'll let you know more on that tomorrow. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back previewing the FA Cup games on Thursday for us. For that, we out for Friday. Yeah, I am proud. And until then, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from my co-presenter, Brad. And we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.